Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Well, it's so good to be together this morning. Uh, Another welcome to everybody across all the congregations and other partnering churches in this nation and other nations that are joining us and we're all joining together this morning to worship uh, the one and only Jesus, the one and only Saviour. It's great to be together this morning, uh, giving Him glory, giving Him praise. And uh, let's get into the Word this morning. We want to continue uh, along the lines of our series of Simply Jesus. Uh, How did he live? How did he love? How did he minister? And uh, we want to be living the Jesus life uh, today uh, in our homes and families and uh, in our going out and our coming in in every way. So we, we are going to continue to pray for a slowing down and a ceasing of this virus uh, as as in the in the face of the challenge that we are in the midst of, so let's keep believing. Let's keep uh, exalting the Lord over this whole situation. You know, as we praise Him and as we exalt Him, it releases Him and His purposes to be outworked in this uh, in this situation. So, just to do a, a quick kind of reminder of the last couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at really building our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. Uh, his His rock being the Word in us. We looked at His Lordship in our homes, His Shalom in our homes, and wanted to cultivate habitation. And I'm sure you've been doing that in different ways. I'm sure you've been filling your house with worship, with adoration. Uh, I'm sure you've been having communion with those in your household. And want to encourage you continue to do that. Continue to get around the table. Continue to talk together about the Lord, what He's saying, what He's doing in your situation, in your home, in your family. Uh, Continue to break bread together, eat together, continue to cultivate Lordship and His shalom and His presence uh, in our homes. And then last week we looked at um, Jesus's authority, how He operated in that, but then how we can operate in that also. And this little equation that we had, humility plus authority equals victory. And uh, as we live humbly, surrendered, we can then operate in His authority. And His authority overcomes the negativity so that we live in victory. So all the news and, and all the reports that are still coming in in different ways, we don't have to be subject to those, but we can live uh, in the middle of that in a place of victory, in a place of peace and rest. So we want to continue to kind of move on in uh, through Mark chapter 1 this morning and we're going to jump off there to different places as well. But uh, one of the things that, that Jesus lived was being ready. He was constantly ready for whatever came his way. And so one of the things that God is doing, I believe, in us at this moment is how do we live ready in the current situation to know how to handle pressures and challenges like this? Because uh, this is obviously a huge international moment that is going on. And lots of people are saying it'd be great when it's over and we can get back to normal. But after this, there's going to be something else. So we know from what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 24, 25 about the end times, end days and, and signs of what is going on that, uh, that, that we might not get back to what we think 
is normal. Maybe there's some new normals that are coming into place in different ways in society and in the church. And so we want to know how to live ready to be ready and live. Jesus constantly lived a life that was ready. So let's just give a bit of a context for the message this morning as we get into the Word. Jesus really was being prepared for 30 years before his ministry started. He was 30 years old when he was baptised. The Holy Spirit came on him. He was then sent into the desert by the Holy Spirit uh, where he was tempted by the enemy. He used the word to counteract the taunts and the lies and the deceits of the enemy. He used the word uh, to overcome. And he came out of that, that desert time in the power of the Holy Spirit and then began his ministry. He began to move around Galilee, the northern part of what we now know as Israel now. Uh, and he began to preach. He began to teach. He uh, began to heal and, and deal with demonic stuff in people's lives. And people gathered from all over the region, from miles and miles around, other cities, other areas, to come and hear this guy who spoke with an authority that they had never heard before, who, who was doing stuff that people had never seen and heard of before. And so Jesus was kind of beginning to operate in his ministry. And we, we're going to look at a couple of verses and kind of use that as our platform to jump off of uh, this morning in uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 38 and 39. So as we read these, the context of this moment was the night before in Capernaum, they'd seen loads and loads of people getting healed, all kinds of miracles that were taking place. The whole town had come to the house where he was, to Peter's mother-in-law's house, and all kinds of things had happened. The next morning, really early, while it was still dark, it says in, Matthew, in Mark 1, 35, that he got up left the house where he was staying, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The night before had been amazing, but Jesus knew the secret to being ready, to living ready, to know how to deal with every moment that came was to first, every morning before he did anything else, was to get up and say, Father, I want to be with you. Father, I want to spend some time with you. Father, I want to hear from you. Father, I want to know what your heart is, what your will is today. Because he knew that the Father knew everything that was going to happen that day. And Jesus wanted to be in step, in line with the Father, so he knew how to meet every moment and every situation. So in that context, while he was praying, the disciples turned up and said, hey, Jesus, everybody is looking for you. Everybody wants to know where you are. Everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody wants you to come back and continue what was happening last night. And so what did Jesus do? What was his reply? He said in, in Mark 1, verse 38, he said to them, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So Jesus, because he'd heard from the Father, was ready for the moment, was ready for the pressure, was ready for the potential distraction that was going to try and take him off this way. He was ready for that and he knew. And his reply in the moment was, let us continue to go forward. Let's move on to other places that have not yet heard 
because I need to preach the gospel. There are people that need to hear the message. They need to hear the gospel. They need to be healed. They need to be set free. So Jesus was ready in the moment. He was obedient in the moment because he'd already submitted himself that day to the Father, knowing then what the Father wanted him to do that day. Now, there's a word that I've just used there, obedience. It's probably not the most popular word in most people's vocabulary, but Jesus lived in obedience. Really simply, what is living in obedience in relationship with God? It's simply following daily instructions. What, what does that mean? It means that daily we walk in the truth. If we walk in the truth, if we walk in God's word, if we walk in what he's saying, what he's saying and what he said, then we walk and we live in obedience. Sometimes we, we think when we have to live in obedience, it's like, how am I going to do that? I've got to try and do this, try and do that, try and do the other. No, simply obedience is following daily instructions. It's listening to what God is saying and walking in what He is saying to us day by day, step by step, moment by moment. There's a verse in Isaiah 30, verses 21 to 22, that says, this is the way, walk in it. Then the result of that is you will destroy all your idols overlaid with silver and gold and you will throw them out like filthy rags saying to them, away with you. So when we begin to talk about obedience or living ready or being ready, it's not the right we're trying to struggle with the negative. No, we're focusing on the positive. We're focusing on what God is saying. So living ready in this moment, in this hour, in this challenge of news reports, of negative information coming through all of the time from the news and from media and often what's being communicated at this moment. Living ready is simply saying, right, Father, I don't want to live by the reports. I don't want to live by a spirit of fear that is going around. I want to live according to your word. I want to live ready in this moment. So how I think is in line with your word. What comes out of my mouth is in line with your word. So what I speak is life and not death in any way. How I am in others, what I post on social media, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever context you're putting things on, what comes out is life because we've been connecting with the source of who is life. We've been hearing from Him, abiding with Him, really being infused by Him in the middle of these moments that we are in so that we're speaking and releasing life to our families, life into our households, life to those out there that might be connecting with us in some way. When you're on Zoom with people or you're FaceTiming with people, whatever context you are connecting with others and being in each other's lives and homes and, and situations at the moment, let's be releases of life to one another because we are hearing from the source of life, Jesus, from His Word and, and His Spirit and what He's doing in us. And in that context, as we are walking in the way and walking in His Word, as we've just read, other things then get destroyed and overcome because we're focusing on who He is. So I just want to take a few minutes because when I was praying about this morning, I really believe that God wanted to remind us of some things that He's been doing so far this year to prepare us for this moment that we are in. And then how God wants to, is using and working in this moment that we're in now to prepare us for what is going to come 
after this moment because things aren't going to just go back to normal back to how they were. There's a, there's a whole new way of life that, that God is working in us and amongst us individually, and I'm sure as a church together and whatever church you're from, that's gonna mean we live differently afterwards because I believe that, that, that God is um, just realigning, doing some stuff we're gonna get into this morning. So just to, to remind us of some things, to set a context of what I believe God wants to do and say in us and amongst us this morning. At the beginning of the year, in our 21 days of worship and prayer and fasting, God spoke to us from 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. And He said to us, for this reason, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying of my hands, of my hands. This is Paul the Apostle writing to Timothy, one of his spiritual sons, saying to him, I remind you, fan into flame, stir up the gift, fan into flame that which is already in you. And why was God saying that at the beginning of the year to each one of us? Because in the middle of a time like we're in now, we can't just be dependent on someone else fanning into flame the faith that we have, the hope that we have, the life that we have. What, what God was doing at the beginning of the year so that we're ready for a moment that we're in now was fan into flame. Hey, hey guys, take responsibility for the faith that you have, the life that you have. Fan into flame, pray in the Spirit, worship me. Uh, Get into the Word, hear my voice speaking to you, stir up that gift, fan into flame uh, that which is in you. And we know that when John the Baptist spoke about Jesus, he said, there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He's gonna baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we know that God's fire does a number of things. One is that it refines us, it refines, so that as we press into God, as we fan into flame the gift of God, as we worship Him, as we give ourselves to Him, then that the fire helps to refine and purify our hearts as He speaks to us and we respond to Him uh, as we have been over these last few months. And so fan into flame, the fire, that was one part, this really important part that we are taking responsibility so that now when we're not able to gather in the same way, we're not in any, in any, in and out of each other's lives in the same way physically, there's a responsibility that we're taking in our homes under His Lordship and, and uh, cultivating that our homes because this is going to become even more important as we go forward. There are going to be more and more challenges in these coming months and years that our faith needs to be firmly rooted and established so much in Him that whatever goes on, we're not blown all over the place. We're not shaken by the circumstances of life, but, but we're, we are rooted in Him because we know Him, because we're developed developing that relationship with him. Now, the other thing, another thing that he showed us, the analogy or picture that he gave us was of a, of a galleon ship. And God spoke to us uh, about every one of us is like a ship. And uh, a ship has a mast it, or masts, it has rigging and it has sails in these massive galleon ships that went into to war. And what God was saying to us is the mast is like his word and his word needs to be rooted in the hull of our lives. 
alive so that nothing can move it. And the rigging is like the decisions that we make in our lives in relation to His Word and the things that He is speaking to us. And, and then how tight the rigging is determines how much the sails are out in our lives. Every aspect of our lives, our thinking, our hearts, our attitude, our motives, our lifestyle, our decisions, our finances, our time, our giftings, our workplace, everything else that might represent a sail on this galleon ship is fully out because the rigging is in place. Our response to the word is yes and amen. We're saying, God, I want to live ready. I want to be available so that every Every sail is wide open to catch what he is doing, to catch what he is saying, so that every ship in this armada, so an armada of ships like a church, all the members of a church make an armada together. And so God used that analogy in our, in our own lives. And he said that on every ship that we have space to carry the plunder. So as we go into enemy territory, as we see victory over the enemy, and, and what is victory? Seeing victory in other people's lives, that we have room in our lives to, to add others into our lives so that we can begin to love others, disciple others and see others grow in the things of, of God. So two things, the fire that enables us to be passionate with God, but also this ship. Why is that so important? Because now we're in a moment, these few weeks and months, where the wind of other things is blowing. The storms of life are blowing. And we want to make sure that everything is in place in our lives in this moment so that we ride the storm in a healthy way, so that we come through it the other side with a testimony of God's faithfulness of how He worked in us and amongst us during it, but then also so we are ready for what's going to be the other side of the storm and whatever might come next. So when when I was praying into this about this morning, God gave me this phrase, it's time for the saints. It's time for the saints. And in Ephesians 4, 11 through to 16, it's the context where Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he talks about in verse 11 about the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, that the fivefold ministry, these ministry giftings are here for a particular reason, verse 12, to prepare God's people, to equip God's people for works of service, to equip the saints for, for ministry, to be active, uh, to, to see God's life worked through their lives. And so I believe it's time for the saints. And, and God is kind of doing some reordering, some decluttering in our lives, some decluttering in the church uh, in, in that way. And I believe God is stripping things back, stripping things back to some basics. It's very easy to be busy in our lives, very easy to be busy even as a church. But I believe God is doing some decluttering and I believe one of the things He's doing is He's getting us back to what are the real values? What does God really value? What are the real values in life? What really is important? What really do we need to be giving our time and, and energy, finances and everything else to in terms of the way we, we live? And I believe that in this phrase, it's time for the saints, that God is equipping His church, equipping His people to be ready to live in the days that are coming over the next months and years. Uh, and I believe this, this moment that we're in is, is, is just a bit of a wake up call for many people and for the church in particular. Um, 
Let's continue to, to, to read verse 12. It says, To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. One, this, this kind of moment helps us to mature, helps us to grow as believers. Our faith grows when there are challenges. Our faith grows when there are reasons and needs for our faith to actually be active in our lives. Uh, we don't need faith when there's nothing to have faith for. But when there is the negative of everything going on at the moment, this is where our faith grows. This is when we mature. This is when the, the, the reality of who God is in us begins to rise up. And that's why it's so important to cultivate our lives at this moment, spending time with Him in His Word, in worship and in different ways. What's the result of that? Verse 14, then we will no longer be infants. We will no longer be immature tossed back and forth by the waves, that we're not blown around by circumstances, by the things that are going on uh, in these days and weeks at this moment. And we're not blown here and there by every wind of teaching uh, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. When, when When our lives are rooted in the Word, then we can filter everything that's going on through the Word which is so, so important. When our lives are rooted and established like the mast in the hull of a ship that is rooted in that ship and no matter what it goes through, that mast is going to stay secure. It's going to hold the rigging and the sails in place so that no matter what the storm's doing, the ship can continue through and come out the other side. So important that our lives are rooted so that, so that everything else bounces off the Word in our lives and not the other way around, as we said last week, that we don't bounce uh, what we believe off the circumstances, but we bounce the circumstances off what we believe. And then it says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. And then from him, verse 16, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's time for the saints. Time for the saints to mature. It's time for the saints to grow. There are so many people asking questions out there at the moment and we had a powerful uh prayer meeting last Wednesday in the evening. I know many of you probably were part of that and we had a really powerful time. We're going to be praying again this Wednesday night, seven o'clock, into what's going on, but also praying beyond that in terms of what God wants to, to do. And we know that we had people watching in on the prayer meeting that didn't know Jesus. And, and I think increasingly with people out there, because there, there's no rock to stand on, because there's no certainty for so many people, uh, they're, they're asking questions, they're looking for answers, they're looking for something to hold on to that is stable, that is secure, that's not shifting all over the place. And as believers, because our lives are, are firmly on the rock of who Jesus is, we, we can be a place of, of stability for people. We can be a place of of hope for people at this moment. And so you might be watching this message this morning. You might be joining us online and and you don't know Jesus this morning. And a huge welcome to you if you are. And, And 
this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity in a few minutes to respond to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I want want my life to be built on the rock of who you are and not the shifting sands of everything else. I'd love to have the opportunity to pray with you uh, in a few minutes time. So let's just continue on for a few minutes. It's like we're in a, a bit of a sealer moment, a pause moment with so much stuff going on around us where, where we're taking stock. And I've got three phrases that are used on ships and about the sea that I just want to look at for a few moments because this is what I believe God is, is doing at this time. The first one is clear the decks. This phrase, clear the decks. And it, and it obviously is a shipping term and it came from people on ships and boats and everything. Um, but what does the phrase clear the decks mean? It means to remove unnecessary things so that you are ready for action. It means to cease doing something in preparation for a more important task or happening. To remove unnecessary things. I believe that's one of the things that God is doing at the moment. He's stripping us back to some basics in life. He's decluttering. He's clearing the decks so that we are ready to receive new instructions. So on a ship, when they say, clear the decks, what are they saying? They're saying, we need to make sure that everything on the deck of the ship is clear and ship shape in the way that it needs to be so that if we suddenly get attacked, we are ready to respond. If a storm suddenly comes and swells up, we are ready all to go through that storm, that we haven't got to suddenly clear all the decks and get ready and do a lot of stuff and we get caught out and the ship gets capsized or people go overboard or whatever happens. So it's, it's being ready and God has been doing a preparation work over these last few months so that we're ready for this moment. And as we live in this moment and plug into God, that he then also readies us for what then comes after and what then comes next. So we're ready to act. We're ready for new instructions. We don't just then go back to the status quo as it was before, but the decks are cleared. Our lives are ready for new instructions. What is part of that new instruction? The next phrase, all hands on deck. It's another kind of uh, sailor's kind of, Phrase that we sometimes use, you know, in different contexts when uh, when there's something that needs to happen. So, what does all hands on deck means? It means a cry or a signal on a ship that typically in an emergency to indicate that all crew members are to go on deck because they are needed and required right now at this moment. So this all hands on deck is like this this cry, this signal that's given on a ship. Every one of us in the church or whatever church you're part of, we're all crew members. We're all really important in terms of what God is doing and wants to do. So this cry, all hands on deck, and I believe we're in that moment right now. And in that moment, God is also doing some re-evaluating. What is important? What are the real kingdom values? What are the, the eternal perspective that God wants us to have at this moment in our, in our lives? All at sea. 
How many of you use that phrase, oh, that person, they're just all at sea. They don't know what they're doing or where they are. It's another phrase, all at sea. What does that phrase mean? It means a ship that is completely lost or in distress or danger. Uh, it's someone that is is completely lost or deeply confused, in distress, in danger, or is just completely uncertain about what is going on. Now you would say at this moment in our society, everything is all at sea. Everybody, uh, everybody from the government to uh, the scientists to the medical profession, everybody else, they're all doing amazing, amazing jobs, but there's an element where everybody's at sea. We're clutching for this, we're clutching for that. Nobody really knows what's gonna happen in the next 24 hours, let alone the next week or the next few weeks. And, and, and everything seems to be all at sea. Well, on our ships, we have anchors. The anchor is our word. The anchor is who we are in Christ that can, in a storm sometimes, you have to drop some anchors to try and drag the ship to hold it stable on course and everything else. And, and so in our lives, we're not all at sea because we have the one who can see beyond the storm, through the storm, the other side of the storm. And that's where, as a, as a, in the context of where the, the nation is all at sea, God then also speaks to us as the church that we're like a city on a hill. Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, it says, You are the light of the world, speaking to the believers, to the church. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, neither, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. A city on a hill can be seen like a lighthouse in a storm. Ships are looking for that lighthouse. They're looking for the light. They're looking to see where is land. They, they're looking for a reference point to know where they are, to know they're safe, to keep away from the rocks in, in that sense. And God calls us to be like a city on a hill because in the storms of life that are going on, there needs to be something in society, something in the community, something in a street, something in a home that is like a light that is like a reference point. It's like a stability moment where people can say, that's a place of refuge. That's a place of safety. That's a place that we can go to and we're going to get help in some way or other. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's just read the same thing in the message translation. Here's another way to put it, it says. As the church, as believers, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So a city is made up of many homes. And the analogy given here is that the church, believers are like a city on a hill. You're like a whole load of homes, full of light, full of hope, that others can see and run to and come to for help in whatever way that they might need help. 
What goes on in those homes? We read in Acts chapter 2, we read the early church. What went on in those homes? Uh, It said they ate together. They broke bread together. They, uh, with glad and sincere hearts, they praised God together. The favour of God was on their lives. And it says people were added to their number daily. What goes on in a home in a city on a hill that is full of light? We're eating together. We're breaking bread together. We're with glad and sincere hearts. We're praising God. We're worshipping God together. What happens in that context? God's favour is upon us because we're living under His favour. What does that mean? We're going to be fruitful. People getting added into our lives daily. Now, some of you might say, well, how does that work? Because we're all in our homes and everything else. People are searching for hope. How many of you have had conversations in the last few days, weeks even, on social media or on FaceTime or through Zoom where you've shared your testimony, you've, you've given people stories of what God's done in your life, you've shared the gospel with people in different ways. People are open, people are hungry. People want to find out in this moment because they need a rock, because they need an anchor at this moment. And God has called us, even in our homes right now, to live as a city on a hill. And as we do that in our own homes, the Bible says we are like a city on a hill. When we cultivate this in our homes, what are we basically doing? We are living ready in this moment. We are adapting in this moment. it's, It's great, isn't it? Even though the building's shut, we can't gather on Sundays in different buildings, different places. We can still gather in our homes. We can still gather like this. We can still worship God together. His kingdom can still go forward. The enemy wants to shut everything down and get into our homes. But God is breaking out beyond all of that. And as He's preparing us in our homes now, as we're re-evaluating, as we're realigning, as we are... um, seeing what the true values are that God has. Maybe there's some things being stripped out of your lives that you, were, you, you might have think, well, we're going to buy this, we're going to do that, we're going to go for that. Maybe some of those things that were actually in the context of everything, not really as important as I thought they were. Maybe God's just realigning some stuff and refocusing us on people, on one another, in our marriages. Maybe it's a great opportunity for God to do something new in your marriage in your family life, relationship with your kids and kids with your mum and dad. Maybe God's realigned some stuff just with friends. So let's just take a moment. Let's pray together, shall we? As God has been doing some stripping back, some decluttering, He's been clearing the decks. He's been saying all hands on deck in the context of so many people being all at sea. Let's just bring ourselves afresh to Him this morning, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you constantly were living ready for whatever came your way. We thank you you've been working in our hearts and lives so that we are all living ready in this moment. That this moment isn't just a a preparation time for what is to come, but what you've been doing in our lives already this year prepared us for this moment so that we don't crumble, we don't implode, but actually we thrive and grow in this moment. And I thank you because of that, this moment that we're in now is preparing us for the next moment in a few months' time that we'll be living in. Whatever that's going to look like to reach people, to serve people, to love people, to see people come to know you then. But we thank you for what you're doing right now. And Father, we want to continue to submit and surrender afresh to you to make sure that everything is in line with you. 
Maybe after this meeting closes in a few minutes and the service is finished online, maybe you, you just spend a few minutes as a family or in your household, whatever context, praying together, just submitting in a, a fresh. Maybe you have communion together, break bread together. And I just want to pray right now for those of you that are watching that don't know Jesus and you've been part of this this morning and, and you want to surrender your life to Him. You want to give your life to Him. Let's just take a few moments. Maybe just close your eyes for a moment and, and just simply just say to the Lord, God, I come to you this morning. I want to give you everything of who I am. And I ask you to give me everything of who you are. Jesus, I need to be forgiven for every sin that I've committed. I ask you for your forgiveness. And Jesus, I surrender to you. I, as I give you my life now, I ask you to give me your life. I ask you to come into me. I want to start a relationship with you today. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you want to respond like that, or you've just been praying or you want to respond like that this morning, um, you can send us an email at info at kingdomfaith.com and we'll get in touch with you. You might be sitting in a room with, with friends and family that know Jesus. You can talk to them. We can help you. There's some resources we can get to you uh, and send to you uh, that you can go through and that's going to help you connect with God. And if you want to info us because you're on your own, you don't know anybody else, we'll get in touch with you and help you how to develop a relationship with Jesus. And before we close this morning, I just believe that God wants to heal some people this morning. So wherever you are, if you need some healing, just raise your hands right now. Lift your hands to Him. Now we're going to pray. Father, I thank you for your healing grace being released. I thank you for your healing power right now. We take authority over this virus. If anybody has this virus right now, we, we command that virus to, to die in those people's bodies now. We command that thing to leave right now. And we just speak healing into your body in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now. Father, I thank you for your healing grace for other things in people's bodies now in your mighty name. Just receive your healing. Just receive from him right now, his healing grace. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you minister to people. You lay hands on people right now so they receive from you in your mighty awesome, wonderful name. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.